The Power 40 podcast is an uplifting faith-based podcast that speaks to all that is going on in our world. Our goal is to share inspirational real life stories and experiences from notable guests around the country on matters that touch us all. The number 40 symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. We all experience trying times in our lives, but it's what comes from these times that make us who we are. As we depict periods of people's lives where the idea of the number 40 is played out, we will learn the goodness that comes from perseverance, determination, and belief. I'm your host, Danica Tramberg, joined today by Jason Reed, a successful journalist, award-winning story editor, and professional speaker. Jason's compelling personal stories have inspired a wide range of audiences, from people living with adversity to health experts and many more. So we are so grateful to have you today. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me, Danica. I'm excited about this. Absolutely. And you have a groundbreaking book, Thriving in the Age of Chronic Illness. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's interesting because, you know, speaking of inspiration, sometimes inspiration comes in very practical areas. Right. Um, right. It was a book that I always wanted to write because I've had Crohn's and arthritis since I was a kid and had, you know, struggles at work and then finally was very successful in journalism and in television. And I had this idea of writing this book, but I just could never really get started. And then suddenly I was on this speaking tour and I had a marketing person come up to me who thought I had written a book and she had created this plan to sell this book at all the different stops I was speaking at. So rather than saying, no, I didn't have a book, I said, yeah, about the book. So it's going to be about uh, two months before it comes out, but that will be perfect because, you know, it's going to be in time with my first speaking engagement. So I suddenly had two months to to design, write, edit, publish a book, which I did. And it actually turned out better than I expected because of the short timelines. It really focused me on being Mm -hmm. as clear as possible. And in terms of content, it's it's really around uh, particularly people with chronic illnesses working in their careers and how do they succeed and how do they get around the challenges, but also how managers can help them as well. I love that. It's so helpful and inspirational to other people. I mean, on your website, I know too, you kind of coined the phrase invisible disabilities. Um, Just dive a little bit deeper into that because I feel like that just is so true and it's something you don't see, but obviously that you deal with every day. Yes, you know, it's it's a term that's that's getting a lot more traction now, particularly in the business world, in the diversity world. But with invisible disabilities, we're really talking about two somewhat distinct things. And, and one is something called neurodivergence, which a lot of people may not have heard of, but these are things like um, ADHD, the autism spectrum, um, people with learning differences. So these are people whose brains work slightly differently than the rest of us. And because of that, because they're living in what we call a neurotypical world, when you think about it, all of our all of our systems and supports and everything else in, in work and in life are designed around a very typical way that we think. Yeah. So with these people who think differently, or, you know, access their logic and, and everything else differently, it, it becomes a challenge for them. So that's that's where that disability comes in, neurodivergence. Mm-hmm. And then we have this big thing that we call chronic illness. And this is the thing that I'm most um, associated with. As I said, I, I've had Crohn's disease and arthritis since I was eight years old. Wow. So it's something that I've, I've dealt with for a very long time. Yeah. And these are, chronic illnesses are diseases that are long lasting, often incurable. 
and they're invisible. Often people have no idea that you're actually challenged. And then the other interesting thing is they're also can be very unpredictable. So that brings up some real challenges that I'm sure we're going to talk about in some, some future questions here. Yeah, definitely. So for you personally, what some what are some challenges, especially in the working environment that you deal with kind of on a daily basis that people wouldn't maybe recognize? Yes. So for a lot of these chronic illnesses, even though the symptoms are very different, and the symptoms of Crohn's disease and arthritis are very different too, one attacks the joints, the other attacks the gut. Basically, what we're talking about in terms of, of challenges at work are two things. Number one is chronic pain, which is difficult to deal with. Obviously, when you're always in pain, it affects the way you know you think. Um, and sometimes that pain is unpredictable. So you can go into work and you know, at nine o'clock you may be fine. At 10 o'clock, you know, you may be a total mess. You know, mm. think of somebody, say, with a, a migraine, for instance, who, yeah. you know, during one hour could be, you know, a hundred percent, and then the next hour be almost incapacitated by it. Mm -hmm. So that that pain is sort of the one thing. And then with that is fatigue. So one of the huge things in the working world for people who have these illnesses is managing your energy. Because when your body's not operating, um, at peak form because your systems are out of whack because of these these diseases, it's it's it can be very very challenging to have enough energy to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. Yeah, I can believe that. I'd love to touch too on something you mentioned earlier. Just you know, if people's brains are wired differently, they may just be thinking not you know normal or a little bit different than how someone's normal path of thought would go or pattern of thought. How can like a manager? Um, supervisor, director, how can they work with their colleague to better understand that or just be able to work with them better? Yes. So, you know, that's that's a wonderful question. And uh, it, it's something that I get asked a lot when I do uh, my corporate work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so let's, let's take an example. Let's take an example of a, a meeting. So a lot of us who work in offices, we have meetings. And often, you know, there'll be a report, say, to be discussed in that meeting. And typically, if it's a short report, what the manager will do is think, well, it's not going to take very long for people to be able to read this and process it. So I'll, I'll give it to people when they come in rather than giving it to them in advance. Mm. Now, that may work for most people. But if you're dyslexic, for instance, um, or if you have other neurodivergent qualities that makes it more challenging for you to process information quickly, you're suddenly at a disadvantage. Yeah. So keeping those things in mind are really important. Um, the other thing that that comes up a lot is people with ADHD often need something to do physically mm -hmm. so they can concentrate. So I know I've talked to one lady who who knits in meetings, and I know other people use fidget spinners and other things. And the challenge there is getting the other people in the room to realize this isn't them being rude. This is them doing what they need to do to pay close attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to stay engaged. I totally yeah. get that. I know you regularly kind of speak to corporate companies you were talking about, also motivational speaking. What are like your favorite things to discuss with people or share with people? Yes. So <laughs> amongst the two biggest challenges with chronic illness, one is obviously dealing with the, the physical symptoms. The other is dealing with other people's perceptions mm. of these symptoms. So probably my my favorite thing is to kind of bust 
bust the myths about what sickness really is, especially with chronic illness, because most of us, when we grew up and we thought of somebody being off sick at work, we would think of something like the flu, right? And that's something that is, you know, number one, visible. Usually people who've got the flu or a bad cold, you can tell they're ill. Um, It's short term, doesn't last forever. And it's also predictable. You know, you go home, you get bed rest, you know, maybe you take a medication or whatever, and eventually you get better. The funny thing is that chronic illness is totally the opposite. It's invisible. It's long lasting, maybe incurable, and it's unpredictable. So this has been my biggest challenge, but also um, the thing that actually makes me really excited is going out there and talking about the realities of chronic illness. Mm -hmm. And I find one of the things that makes it rewarding, actually, there's two things that make it rewarding. Number one is the people who don't know about this, who are suddenly, oh my goodness, I've been looking at this totally the wrong way. Yeah. But the other thing that's rewarding are the people out there who have suffered in silence. I don't want to use suffered, but have been dealing with these challenges in silence. And suddenly they're getting their own world reflected back at them. And those are the people who tend to come up to me after my talks and say, oh, thank you. I thought I was the only one having to deal with all these issues. No, you're not. There's a lot of us out there. Yeah, I got to imagine too, like depending on, you know, what some of these chronic illnesses are, there's maybe some level of like insecurity if they people are different, um, different thinkers, different way of doing things, need to process things differently. Can you talk a little bit about how insecurity maybe plays a role in all of this? Yes. I mean, that's 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 a big thing. And for a lot of it, especially, you know, with people with um chronic health conditions, excuse me. Um One of the big things that we sometimes don't think about is a certain type of confidence. And that's the confidence that most people have that when they get up in the morning, they're going to be relatively healthy, they're going to be capable, and they're going to be able to just kind of tackle their day. Yeah. Right? And most people or a lot of people have that reality. But when you don't have that basic confidence that tomorrow you're going to be healthy enough to do what you need want to do or need to do, that affects all sorts of other types of confidence too. So suddenly you don't have the confidence to know that you're going to be successful at work tomorrow, which leads to the insecurity of, oh my goodness, am I going to keep my job? Am I going to be able to support my my family? And, you know, it also leads to if opportunities come my way, will I be able to take advantage of it or will I be sick or will I not have enough energy? Mm -hmm. So you can see these things tend to multiply. And One of the mindset shifts that I had to make, because I was sort of kind of in this world, like, oh, my goodness, I'm at a huge disadvantage compared to like everybody else, is to recognize that it's really a matter of degrees, because that confidence that, you know, we think healthy people have of, oh, I'm going to get up tomorrow and be 100 percent. Yeah. In some ways, it's kind of false because, you know, you can't guarantee that there are no guarantees in life. Right. Right. So that person doesn't know they could wake up with a cold, um, right. they could have an accident, or they they could get a chronic illness themselves. Mm-hmm. So it really isn't that different. It's just a matter of percentages. They're more likely to be confident that this will happen, and we're a little less likely to be that. But when you start to think of chronic illness in terms of that percentage, you realize that, you know, it's not that doors are closed. It's not that you can't work. 
you know, maybe you're only able to give 70% most days. But mm-hmm. if you're good at what you do, chances are that 70% will be better than 100% of somebody else's work. So sometimes making that mindset shift can can be a, a big thing for people. That's so true. And just obviously, you've said you had this since you're eight years old. So um, it's been quite a while. And you've had to kind of just learn the ropes and figure out how to work with it and and keep living and pushing and moving forward. What advice would you give to maybe someone else who is dealing with a chronic illness? Yes. So in addition to that idea that, you know, it's not like a light switch that's that's on off, even when you're sick and when you're chronic, have a chronic illness, you're pretty much sick all the time. Technically, yeah. it doesn't mean that you can't do things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think of it rather than a light switch. Think of it as a dimmer switch. You know, sometimes you're 100 percent, sometimes you're 90 percent. But I think the other key thing is because all of these diseases are very different. And they manifest themselves in different ways with different people. I think a really crucial thing in managing our illness and managing our mindset is realizing that we have to find the things that work for us, mm-hmm. right? What works yeah. for somebody else may not work for us. So for instance, something as basic as diet, you know, if I asked you, what's what is what's the healthier snack, uh, a plate of raw vegetables or a bag of potato chips, mm-hmm. what would you be likely to say? Probably the veggies. <laughs> right. And you, you would you would be right, you know, probably 99% of the time. But there, yeah. there are people out there, and I'm included, who actually can't eat vegetables um, because of my Crohn's. I've had so much scar tissue um, in my digestive system that that's just too much fiber for me. Sure. On the other hand, for me, chips are like the perfect food because I don't absorb salt very well. I don't absorb fat very well. So it gives me that. And it also gives me, it's a tiny, tiny bit of fiber. It is just enough to balance my system out. So I tried for years having the same diet and exercise regime as everybody else. And it's like, why do I keep failing? Mm -hmm. And it's just because my body was different. So I think we have to realize that we have to experiment and we have to figure out what works for us. That's so interesting. I always wanted to do like those um, health tests, like the, the food allergy test, just to like, see, cause everyone's bodies are so different and yeah. you know, someone might need high protein where else someone needs, you know, high fat content. Um, everyone's just so different. So that's a great point And so interesting to think about. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it, it's interesting too, because sometimes it bleeds into a work. I remember talking to one manager of a company and he was talking about, he was really big into making sure his employees were healthy and everything else. And he talked about how they have their management meetings jogging around a track. And I, I let him know, it's like, okay, you're actually letting out. There's a lot of people, you know, he thought I was a smart person as I wouldn't be able to work for you because I've got arthritis in my knees and running around a track is the last thing you'd want me to do because I'm going to be done for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's 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 challenging, but I think attitudes are starting to finally change. That's good. <laughs> How funny. I can only imagine that meeting. <laughs> um, well, it's so interesting just hearing your whole story and you obviously have so many inspirational and great pieces of advice to share. What is like your goal with your speaking and just advocacy for those with chronic illness? What do you hope to achieve by, you know, speaking out about your journey and your experience? Yes. So, you know, it's interesting because inspiration in the disability community, regardless of whether it's invisible disabilities or visible ones, is actually kind of challenging. And and again, there's something that most people don't think about. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what tends to happen is, you know, I I hear from from people who are who have severe disabilities, you know, who are in, in wheelchairs, things like that. 
what they're finding is that a lot of people, because everybody's watching TED Talks and inspirational speakers, mm -hmm. a lot of people, their only connection to somebody who has a disability is somebody who's, you know, climbed Mount Everest without their yeah. own legs or run a marathon without their own heart or done these really amazing things. And the unfortunate thing is when that's your only experience with disability, you start to think, well, it's not too bad. It must be a superpower. Like everybody's doing all this yeah. amazing stuff, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, what I, I think myself and a lot of other uh, people in, in the disability advocacy are doing is trying to temper the inspiration and letting you know that you, you can achieve things mm -hmm. with this idea of, you know, giving people the tools and the support to help them do it. It's just yeah. like, you know, it's, it, it's challenging. We're not going to pretend that it's not, mm -hmm. but if you have this type of support, or if you think about these things going into it, these are the things that are going to help you achieve, hopefully what you want to achieve. That's so interesting. I think another good point just in that whole story is like, you also don't want these, anyone that has a chronic illness or physical disability to think like they're only important if they do go climb Mount Everest, or if they like do something, you know, that most people really don't do. Like, it's also an amazing gift. And, you know, it's your purpose too, just to maybe be a husband or a wife or a good Absolutely. colleague. Um, those are all worthwhile things um, and purposeful things. So I think that's so important to shed light on that. Absolutely. And, you know, because I deal with the, a lot of uh, disability in the workplace conversations, you know, a, a simple thing is just finding a job that works for you. Mm -hmm. I, I know Growing up, I was always told, you know, find find some sort of, and people always said, find a government job, like government, I don't think government jobs are really like this, they're harder than people realize, right? Yeah. But it was always, find a government job, something you know with a lot of benefits that was, is kind of boring, that won't tax your energy. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is, if you're not that type of person, if you're not a person who wants to who is excited about administering a bureaucracy, yeah, you know, that's not going to be the job for you. And it's weird because people don't think about actually challenging yourself being a way to give yourself more energy. Mm -hmm. So I ended up getting into journalism, which is a really, especially television journalism, live 24 seven, yeah. which is incredibly stressful, but it suited my personality and it gave me motivation and it gave me energy. Mm -hmm. So I don't want people to think that they need to be relegated to, you know, necessarily these kind of boring little entry-level jobs, you know, if you're not suited for that, then, you know, go for the management job if you can. Don't disqualify yourself. Right. At least get there and see if you can do it because what you may find is you have more energy and it's more suited to your skills and it's actually easier. So mm -hmm. that's that's the sort of, I think, realistic inspiration that a lot of people can sort of take away. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it too. Sometimes when you are in a position that isn't suited for you, you feel like you have less energy, but a job that maybe has more responsibility you would be thriving in. So that is interesting. Yeah. Well, just as we close out today and think of the power 40 in our lives, maybe trials we're going through or have overcome or have yet to see, we understand that in life, we'll continue to experience the good and bad that life throws our way. But 40 is also significant in regards to time. So if you, Jason, just had 40 minutes to impact the world, where would you start and what would you say? Well, I would start by letting people know that, you know what, we obviously are living in challenging times in, mm -hmm. in so many different areas. 
And one of the things that I'm noticing that's a problem is that people are, a lot of people are drawing inwards and kind of turning their back on the larger world. And I can understand the reason behind that because it seems overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But here's what I also know. People actually have much more power than they realize. And once they start to realize the power that they have over their own world, you know, I think they'll start to use it responsibly. And there's just really no limit, I think, to what humans can achieve. And if I can actually um, get into actually kind of one of my inspirational stories, I think this is something that's going to really affect people. Um, where I made my shift uh, was when I was 18 years old. And I actually, because of my Crohn's disease, I developed a perforated intestine, which wow. is as, as painful as you may imagine. Sounds very painful. <laughs> But it was misdi misdiagnosed, and I was, you know, a very ambitious kid. It was my last year of high school. So I actually went to school for three months with a perforated intestine. Oh, wow. And then eventually I just collapsed, and they took me to hospital, and I was close to death. And uh, they obviously, I had this operation. They saved me. But the interesting thing was I, I woke up. I was in the intensive care unit. And... It was it was really scary because I was on uh, a respirator, which is this oh. plastic tube that they put down your throat to keep you breathing. Mm -hmm. And the challenge with that is you're lying there and you're immobile. You can't move. You can't even move your head. Mm -hmm. So all I could do is like stare up to the ceiling at this um, really horrible fluorescent light that kept giving me a headache. Uh, I didn't know what time it was. I didn't know what day it was. You can't speak. So there's no way of communicating or asking these questions. So, you know, when you look at that, I, I can't think of a human being in a weaker position, in a position of virtually no power whatsoever. But here's what happened. Um, as you can imagine, being in there day after day, it, it starts to have an effect in your brain. And I thought oh, to myself, yeah. I, I need some sort of a goal, right? <laughs> if I don't have a goal, if I can't get this moving, I'm just literally going to go crazy. Yeah. So I decided the goal would be to cheer up my parents. Because I could tell, you know, they would come in the room, they would talk to me. I couldn't talk to them, but I could tell mm -hmm. they were still concerned. And all I could do, the only movement that I could do was I could give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So the next time my parents came in, I immediately, big thumbs up. And suddenly, like, I heard my dad sigh, like, and just like all of this negative energy went out and they started talking to me and I started conversing like oh. this. And it's, What's really funny is when this is all you can do, you, your timing gets pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So what I, I could realize, I could make people laugh. You know, they'd be asking me questions and stuff, and I'd give a thumbs up or I'd go with thumbs down or, you know, do whatever. And here I am in intensive care where there's all these little rooms where people are dying and you can hear people crying in the background. But in my room, people are laughing. I'm making the doctors oh. laugh, the nurses laugh, my parents laugh. And I'm thinking, wow, I am in like, Again, the least powerful position I could possibly be. This is all I can do. Yeah. But yet I can change people's states. I can move them from upset, angry, to happy, to laughter, which is really amazing when you think about it, when that's okay. all you can do. And then you start thinking about, okay, what can I do You know, when I can speak? Mm -hmm. And just to finish off this story, it gets better. So... I started telling this inspirational story um, at universities and hospitals and fundraisers and stuff like that. So I was at this hospital fundraiser and I was talking about um, what I just told you about this yeah. incident where I had the perforated intestine. But I got into a bit more, more detail because it actually happened on Christmas Day. I was rushed wow. to the hospital on Christmas Day. Um, 
And I gave out these, I didn't give out all the details, but I gave out a fair number of them. And this woman approached me at the end of my talk and she was crying. And she said, you wouldn't know who I am, but I was the emergency room or I was the ICU nurse or no, sorry, the the emergency, the the operating, no, sorry, the operating room nurse. She was, I was the operating room nurse the night they brought you in. And to be honest, I didn't believe her. But she started adding all of these details. She couldn't possibly have known. Yeah. And it's just like, it was like this amazing coincidence. Wow. But, you know, she's, there, were, there was more because I saw she was crying. And I said, okay, what's, what's wrong? She goes, well, I was a nurse for a very long time. And the past couple of years have been very difficult for me. Um, I had to retire. I lost, you know, some of my family. I lost my, per- my faith. Yeah. And she said, you know, when I came here tonight, I had no idea who you were or what you were going to be speaking about. But having listened to you and having relived this story with you, I realize now all of the incredible good that I did and that I can still do in life, that I still have the power to affect other people. And she gave me this big hug and she said, thank you for bringing back my faith. And it's still like the most jaw-dropping moment I think I've I've had in my life because it yeah. was totally in some ways it just, just seemed totally by chance wow. um, that this actually happened. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And we're, to know, yeah. And to know when you were in a position too of being powerless, basically like all of these things were being affected, even though you didn't even know that they were at the time. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was really, really good having you on today. Where can people find your book and follow you, your website, yes. all that good stuff. Absolutely. So you can go to chronicillnesskeynotespeaker.com, or if that's too long, you can also use invisibledisabilityspeaker.com. And you can find out a little bit more about me. There's some of my videos there, and there's also the link to my book. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Just hearing your story and resiliency in life, it's super inspiring. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for doing this podcast. You know, this is something I think that's really needed in the world today. And, uh, you know, I really have a lot of respect and, and just love the fact that you're doing this. For more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com. Also stream the podcast on your preferred streaming service.